If you would open your Bibles with me this morning, we're going to be in the second chapter of the book of Acts, and we're continuing in a sermon series that is called Devoted. We've been looking at devotion over the last couple of weeks, and and we started out looking at this early church and seeing exactly what the early church took and what they did when they actually formed. We know that this church was formed, the leadership came together, the Lord would would have been breathing life into this church at Pentecost. And, and we talked last week about the fact that, that now believers from Jerusalem and believers that were there on Pentecost actually started to come together and gather outside of Jerusalem in what would essentially be like a tent city out in the area. And what we see over the next few weeks is there's people that are coming and becoming believers by the thousands and coming into this church. As we are a young church in our early stages, we're looking at the first Christian young church in its early stages as a model in how we are to build ourselves up, how we are to position ourselves when when we come into situations that require people from the church to step up. We had seen, however, two weeks ago, how important devotion is to the church. And we're looking at different areas of devotion of the first church. And one of the areas that we saw and we focused on was that The early church had to keep the main thing the main thing. They had to be devoted to Jesus. We saw last week that the early church came together and they were devoted to each other in fellowship, which helped to solidify this group of people that were worshiping Jesus together, that were growing in Christ together. This morning I'm going to read out of Acts chapter 6 and verses 1 through 7. And if you'll you'll read with me, we're in, starting in verse number 1. Luke writes, Now in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenistics, the Hellenists, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Uh, Really quick, I'm going to stop for a second. Remember last week, we talked about the fact that some of the Jews that were there, some of them were locals, and some of them had come from er other areas, right? So those who are coming from other areas will refer to them as Greeks or Hellenists, okay? It's It's a term that's used in this particular version. So whenever you see that term, we're referring to Greeks. We're talking about people who came from out of town, okay? And they moved and they're becoming part of this community. And what's happening is you have the local widows and the widows that are from out of town that are living in the same community, but there seems to be a disagreement about who's being served correctly, right? So what happens, we go to verse number two. Then the twelve, these are the apostles, they summoned the multitude of the disciples. They summoned the group. They summoned the church together, okay? And we know this group is probably in the thousands by now, or believers are in the thousands. There's a lot of people. And they said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, who we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer in the ministry of the word. 
And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Watch this, verse number 7. Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Point number one in your notes this morning. A church devoted to reaching others for Christ must be devoted to serving others for Christ. The disciples went to the church and they said, I want you to bring seven people together. I want you to go out. I want you to bring us some names of some people that you think are going to do a good job here at our church that can serve others. And I want you to let us know who these people are. And these new leaders are going to find ways to serve the needs of those within the church. Now, let me tell you something. The, the apostles are not saying our job is more important. Like we need to pray and, and, and we need to preach. They're not saying our job is more important than waiting on tables, serving tables. What they're saying is what we're doing takes a lot of time and we need help to do this. Moses had that issue too, right? said, what I'm doing takes a lot of time. He had a father-in-law tell him, hey, you need help, right? So let's get some people that can step in and do this. The seven leaders were followers. They were following the direction of the apostles. They were all there to work together to accomplish the job. And I can almost guarantee you this, that throughout the lifespan of their service, they did more than wait tables. They did more than simply serve food. These people would have become leaders in that group. So much so, one of them we know lost his life shortly after. Stephen became the first martyr, right? He was a man who was full of wisdom, was full of the spirit, and, and was willing to step up and tell others about Jesus. And it cost him his life, but he stood up. See, everyone in this group of people were following the example of Jesus in their service. It was important for them to give back to their church, to give back to their community, and to give back to the apostles and to give back to Christ. Here's one of the most important uh, pieces that, that we don't really see in the scriptures, but we can realize when we look at this story, every, every one of these seven was a willing participant. If you imagine when the church went out to start talking to people, maybe they went to, from tent to tent and they, and they said, hey, we really need uh, people to serve. Would, would you be willing to serve? Some very well could have said, you know what, I'm, I'm, nah, it's not me. But here's seven people who are absolutely willing to step up and serve, following the example of Christ. There, there are times that we find that there are, there are needs, 
and the Lord's going to bless us with people. Because you think that they found seven, chances are they could have found 18, they could have found 30, they could have found 50 people to serve. But the church had to go and dive in and then bring to the apostles those who they were nominating. Does this sound familiar at all? Sound a little bit familiar? It does, doesn't it? You know why? We've got a church structure that is lined up exactly after this procedure right here. Remember I mentioned a few minutes ago, we're finishing nominations today, right? This is exactly where this is coming from here, uh, here in Acts chapter 6. Sometimes we find that the church has chores that it needs to do, and sometimes we struggle when we find there's work to be done, but the workers are few. And in a church like ours, the one thing that, that I love about it is that um, I don't know that we have any sitters, any people who just come and sit. Um, we have, uh, besides Ono, uh, who, raised, who raised his hand, um, Ono is always working. He is always serving and doing something. Um, but that, that's a huge part of the early church is not only did they have devotion to Christ, they had devotion to fellowship, but they had devotion to service. And see, when we don't have that service, sometimes things don't get done, right? There was a, uh, there was a man um, going to bed a while back and his wife said, hey, you left the light on in the shed. And he looked out his window down in the shed and, and he saw the light on and he knew he hadn't been out there today. And there were guys inside the shed stealing his stuff. So he calls up the cops and, and he says, hey, there's, there's guys that are in my shed stealing my stuff right now. And the lady on the other end of the line, she says, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, we don't have anyone in your neighborhood. They can't get there for a while. We're, we're, we're sorry. They won't be there for about an hour. So he hung up the phone and he called them right back about 30 seconds later. He told the lady, he says, hey, I just called a few minutes ago to tell you that um, there were guys in my shed stealing my stuff. You don't have to worry about it because I just shot them all. I, I shot the people. So like two minutes later, there's cops that are showing up. They're, they're SWAT teams. There's people who are in his backyard now and, and, and sirens and helicopters. And then one of, one of the cops comes up and he tells the homeowner, he says, um, we caught the guys stealing stuff. I thought you said you shot them. And the homeowner says, I thought you said there was no one in the neighborhood. <laughs> you know, we have people who can serve. We have, we have things to be done. And I love the fact that there is great devotion from this church following the example of Christ. You don't have to turn there, but I want to read you from John 13. An example that Jesus gave us it was just before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and that he was returning to God. And so he got up from the meal and he took off his outer clothing and he wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. 
He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. I'm going to jump to verse number 12. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Listen to the words of Jesus, okay? He says, do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, watch this, you also should wash one another's feet. Like it's more than just us literally like washing somebody's feet. They weren't walking around in cool chucks or kids. You know, they're not. Their feet are dirty. It's part of service in that in that community, in that culture, that is one of the lowest things that somebody could do for somebody else. You would have hired hands or slaves whose job it was to wash feet of your guests. And here is Jesus washing somebody's feet. Jesus says, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. He says, go and wash someone else's feet, right? Get this. I want you to look at this. We call Christ our king. And he says, you call me Lord and teacher, and, and that's what I am. And I want you to think of a modern day king. I want you to think of maybe the royal family, okay? I want you to think of, go back into a medieval times and you've got a king. What would people do when they, when they were to come into the presence of the king and he's got on this big robe cool thing and a crown? He's holding these cool awesome king things. Like people would get on their knees and bow, right? We're in America. We don't bow to anyone. It's not in our culture, really. But every knee will bow to Jesus Christ one day, right? But imagine the king getting off of the throne, coming down those golden steps to the people on that big, long red rug that goes to the doors that leads out to the awesome um, kingdom. And that king gets down in front of the servants that came in to maybe beg for their life. And he just picks up a rag and a towel and a bowl of water and washes their feet. Like our worldly kings don't do that, right? But Jesus did. That's humility. That's saying, I am a king. I am the creator of all things. But yes, you know what I'm going to do? I am going to stoop. I am going to do this job. I am going to serve you. And whatever the social status comes with that, I'm not concerned about that. Because I'm here to serve you. As a church, one of our, one of our core values, it's part of our vision statement, is to reach others in our community. Service... And reaching others, it requires a willingness to serve. Would it be fair to say that we really can't serve our community well if we're not willing to serve our community well, right? Sometimes people, sometimes 
Churches get so caught up in what's going on within their walls that they build silos. They build these huge tanks that they store all their grain in. And then when they need some grain, they'll take some out. And when another member of the church needs some, they'll take some out. But it's not for those outside the walls. It's for those that go to this church. Paris Valley Community Church is very much structured as a church without a silo. That we're not storing up grain for ourselves. We're willing to serve those in our community. We're willing to serve each other as the early church was devoted to service. We already talked about the fact that our church council is set up over this same structure. As the church is nominating, they're bringing names. We're going to spend time in prayer over these names and, and, and spending some time to find those who serve the church and work with others to help others serve the church. Here's the one thing about every service um, every service position in Paris Valley Community Church. One of the biggest points that you'll hear next week, certainly during our, our service meeting, is every position starts out working on duplicating itself. We're actually training those who are going to come after us. We're, we're teaching others this is what this role does as we go. So we continue to find people who are willing to serve. We continue training them to serve. We continue to develop our leaders because we know from the biblical example that it wasn't long after the apostles laid hands on the seven people that they were down to six because Stephen was martyred not too long after this. Someone had to replace him, right? Someone had to step into that role. It's... It's not simply waiting tables and it's not a job and our service within the church and to others in our community. It's not something that is lesser than what anyone else is doing. It is an amazing gift. Watch this. This is what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7. He says, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and be of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Verse number nine, listen to this. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace and its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Point number two on your notes. Service comes in different forms to different people. Service comes in different forms to different people. This comes back to what we were talking about last week. We were focusing on devotion to fellowship. And we were looking at the fact that everyone has a gift, right? God has given you a gift. Everyone has a, a special connection to, to Jesus that he has given you so that you can use to further his kingdom. And there's something to be said about being good stewards of our gifts. What if we, what happens if we hoard our gifts? 
What happens if we keep them to ourselves? If we don't share our gifts with others. What if you have a gift of, of comfort and counsel, but you don't offer anyone an opportunity for you to listen to them? I promise you there's somebody out there that needs an ear. If you have a, if you have a gift of, of literally serving tables, or maybe of cooking and feeding, but you don't feed and serve. What if somebody needs to be served and you're the one with the gift and you're kind of hoarding that gift? Stewardship of our gifts keeps us in line with where the Lord has planned the path of the church. He's put these here for a reason, this, this direction, this path. We each have goals with our gifts. John, uh, John Wesley once said, the stewardship is the use of a God-given resource to accomplish God-given goals. That's what we're doing as a church, right? We have God-given goals, and we have God-given resources to accomplish that goal. And the thing that could get in the middle can certainly be our willingness, right? Our willingness to give Christ or to give God back the gift that he gave us. That willingness sometimes is what is the difference between a gift and reaching a goal. It's our personal, it's our, it's our personal feelings sometimes. I'm so thankful that we have amazing examples throughout the Bible of those who have gifts. Uh, Mary and Martha are a great example. Luke chapter 10 uh, verses 38 says, Now it happened that they went, and he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard about his words. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Doesn't she just sound like a kid? She sounds like my kids when they're like, I said, okay, Sam and Max, go empty the dishwasher. And like five minutes later, this is what I get. Has anyone heard this? He's not helping. Did you hear that? Yeah. Go help your sister. Go help your brother. But look what Jesus says. Look what he says here. Jesus answered and says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. Only one thing. He's saying, hey, one chore is needed. You got this. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken from her. Let her worship. Let, let her stay here. Like, serve. Just serve, right? So I think the cool thing about this passage is really showing us we all have our part. We all do our part. And with those chores... Just, we just stay in our lane and, 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 and we pray and we do the best we can with the gifts that God has given us for that particular chore that he's put in front of us, right? It's, it, it's really interesting when we see people who have gifts. And we see it in the Bible as well. People who have gifts but struggle to, struggle to use them. Here in this church, I don't know that we have much of that struggle. I am thankful. You say, well, Pastor, why are we having a message on service today? Because everyone here is the first generation 
of church members who are going to outlast this generation. Everyone here is a trainer for the next leaders that come up through this church. That's why. It's because we have to be devoted to serving so that we can teach the new members of this church in a year, in two years, in three years, so that we could teach them dedication to serving and being dedicated to the church and being dedicated to the fellowship, right? Because there will be people who come and there will be people that says, hey, how does this church operate? What's the culture here? This is a church that has a culture of being devoted, being devoted to Jesus, being devoted to fellowship, being devoted to serving, being devoted to giving, being devoted to each other, being devoted to breaking bread. These are all areas that are, that are cornerstones to a church as it's growing. Service and sacrifice is a, it's a requirement. Matter of fact, that's point number three on your notes. Service is always a sacrifice. Think about it. You really can't give somebody something without taking something away from yourself, right? Like giving by definition means somebody else is gaining and you, there's a minus sign. There's a subtraction in something you have, right? So if you're serving, would it be fair to say you're losing something? Oh, no, I'm saying no. You're saying no, I'm not losing anything. So are you, we're minusing something, right? We might be minusing something. You're giving, maybe it's a, they say your time, talents, or treasure, right? In service, you might be giving your time. That's a sacrifice. It might be a Saturday morning that we have men's group at 7 in the morning. What are you giving up? Like, oh, it's my only day to sleep in. Oh, I don't want to go. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I don't want to go. I don't. But then I think, okay, what am I, what am I doing? What am I? Uh, like, I'm missing sleep. I can catch that up later. It is. It's a sacrifice, though, right? So serving requires sacrifice. And but that sacrifice is required for growth of any kind. Any kind growth comes from sacrifice. If you uh, remember when you're a little kid, maybe younger, maybe you're in school, maybe you're in fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, you're ready for that growth into high school. You are. But think about think about what you have to sacrifice going into high school. You've got to sacrifice. Like, you know the playgrounds are different in elementary school. One of my biggest things was like tetherball. Because they have tetherball at elementary school, but in junior high, they don't have it. Like, I'm ready to go. I want to be there. I want to grow. And they don't have a tetherball court. Like, ugh. So, but it is, it's growth that requires a sacrifice, right? Okay, so tetherball might not be a very biblical example, but um, I mean, let's face it, that was a difficult change because there wasn't a jungle gym out there. Uh, you had to hang around and talk to your friends and all I wanted to do was go and play tetherball. Um, I was no good at it, but I'd stand in line and, and you'd get beat and then you'd go to the back of the line. But you couldn't do that in high school because there's growth that comes from our service. James and John, <clears throat> at one point in the Gospel of Mark, they'd come up to Jesus and they'd said, hey, we're going to ask you a question. 
And they basically said, hey, we're going to ask you a question, just do this. Like, just say yes, okay? Just like say yes to whatever we ask you. Um, and uh, uh, just, have, you, have your kids ever done that to you? Yes? It was like, hey, hey mom, can, uh, can you just say yes? Um, I want to uh, move into Stacy's house. Like, can you just say yes? I want to eat pie for breakfast. Can you just say yes? So James and John, that's basically what they did to Jesus. And they said, hey, we're just going to... And he's like, okay, what is it? They're like, hey, um, like in heaven, we want to sit on your right and your left side. Just say yes. <laughs> Come on. And he's like, yeah, you don't... He like got real serious with, yeah, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Like, you have no clue. In verse 41, Mark 10, 41, then get this. So the other 10 disciples, they heard that James and John, they were asking to sit on his right and left. So they start getting mad. It is. It's like a bunch of kids. They're getting upset now. And when they heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. But Jesus called them to himself. He's like, come here. All right. Come here. You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them? And their great ones exercise authority over them? Yet, it's not going to be like that with you, he says. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. Watch this. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be a slave to all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to what? Serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. So he's telling the disciples, what do they want? They want to sit number two and number three in the kingdom, right? They want to sit next to the king, right over here in a throne of their own, and have somebody feeding them grapes. Jesus says, nope, uh-uh, not in my kingdom. That's not the way we do it. He says, the way we do it, if you want to lead, you're going to be a slave to everyone else. If you want to lead, we're going to serve. He says, I didn't even come to sit on a throne here on earth. I came to serve. And as a matter of fact, I, I'm going to serve every human that's ever been born or ever will be born because I'm going to die. That's how deep my service is. I'm not going to sit on a throne. I'm not going to eat grapes. There's not going to be a lady with palm fronds who's cooling me like this. That's, that's not it. He says, if you want to be number two and if you want to be number three, you actually need to be last first. You're going to be the servant. And then it shocks them again when he starts washing their feet, right? He starts, they start to get this example. Jesus came as this king who now we can see wasn't a king like earthly kings. Like if we think about why the Jews had such a problem with him, they're expecting a political king, right? They're expecting a king like King David, like the other kings from their history who are going to build these, um, be part of, of huge infrastructure projects and, and Solomon who's going to build a huge temple. Jesus didn't come to build a temple. Jesus came to build a kingdom. 
You and I, we're not here to build a temple. Paris Valley Community Church, chances are, will never have the largest church building in Riverside County. Chances are we're not going to have 30 acres and huge parking lots with that tram that picks you up down there in Dumbo and brings you up to the, to the, to the front door, right? Chances are we're not going to have huge stage and full orchestra. Chances are we're not going to have a spotlight. We're not going to have a fog machine, promise. Or a pastor in skinny jeans. We won't have one. We won't have the one of those either. This generation of pastor won't have a pastor in skinny jeans. We'll see what the next generation of leaders at Paris Valley Community Church does. But I apologize. You won't have a pastor in skinny jeans. But here's the thing. That's not what Christ came for, right? He didn't come to build an amazing, awesome building that has great landscaping outside, that has great signage, that has an awesome social media presence, has a great video team. Now those things we'll put together as we go. But he came to teach us to keep the main thing, the main thing. And that is to keep our worship devoted to Jesus. To keep, our, to keep our church devoted to fellowship. To keep our people devoted to service. To keep our people devoted to what it takes to keep the church running. To what it takes to take care of leaders. To, to be devoted to each other. But to be devoted to taking the message of Christ to the masses. He sacrificed his life. To serve others. And he's asking us to use him as an example to serve others in our community. It's not simply giving back. It's being good stewards of our gifts. Being good stewards of what he has given us. He's given us talents. He's given us time. He's given us treasure. That none of it is ours, right? He says, be good stewards. But he also says, I want you to serve, and by serving, it's going to require sacrifice. And I want you to be devoted to the sacrifice in my name. He says, can you sacrifice on a Thursday night for a small group? He's asking us to give back unselfishly, 100% willingly, at almost any moment. He's asking us to sacrifice our time and our comfort without any reward, without any recognition, without being asked all for the glory of God. When we are able to serve others through sacrifice, and devotion others see Jesus others see Jesus we are the hands and feet of the gospel we are all part of the body of Christ we talked about it last week as well what if the hand doesn't show up what if the foot is not here 
what if the elbow is just taking a day? When the church serves others, the community sees Jesus. We have to step out. And I promise you, we're going to be stepping out. I mentioned some names of those on the outreach committee. Oh, the outreach committee has a lot of work to do. By the end of this year, for those of you that don't know a couple of our goals, we've got, we, we've got two major goals for outreach committee. One is called Reach 2018. Between now and the end of the year, we're going to reach and knock on 2018 doors in our community. It's a lot of doors. And we've got about four months to do it. Doable, absolutely. Knocking on doors, inviting people to church. Trust me, it still works. It still works. We've got another goal that's called Membership 30 by the end of the year. Here soon we are going to talk about membership, but this is a goal to where we are looking to grow this congregation to 30 members by the end of the year, which is a regular attending adult that is coming to our church. We have goals. It's going to take service to reach the goals, right? It's going to take people stepping up out of the comfort zone of our roles to reach the goals. If we don't have goals, if we don't have a vision to move towards, what we have is people who just come on Sunday, come inside the coffee shop, close the doors, sing some songs, and go home and mark church off their calendar. I'll do it again next week. Our faith is full time. Our devotion to our faith is also full time. Service is a key part of the devotion of the early church. I want you to think about this. We saw in our scripture seven men who were asked to lead. But we had seen before that an entire congregation that was asked to go out and find these seven people. Just the congregation looking within itself to find these people is service. And I promise you that there was more work that was done than just serving tables. There were subcommittees. There were people who would, who would, they would have to have another team for somebody that was going to set up a, a team that was going to welcome people. There's a welcoming committee. We've got a benevolence box in the back and we've got a committee that's going to manage that. These guys here manage serving food. But there were other needs, right? You figure some of these people had animals and, and medical needs. There's people to serve and to meet those. We are a church that is dedicated. We're dedicated to each other. But we're dedicated to our community and serving our community and serving each other. And for those here who have, have stepped up, I thank you. I thank you for your nominations. I thank you for serving, for joining committees. For those who are here, let me tell you something I'm thrilled about. For those of you who are here on Saturday night, thank you. Thank you for coming on Saturday night. How many have I missed, Ono? Three? Two? 
three Saturdays. I've got a part-time job that I haven't been able to be here on Saturday nights. I used to be here every Saturday. For me to be able to walk away and to say, you know what? Setting up the church, I can't do that. And knowing that there's people who will serve. And when we get here on Sunday morning, this place looks amazing. Thank you for everyone who shows up on a Saturday night to help set up the church. That is amazing um, service that you do. Thank you for that. Everyone who I call during the week and, and get a chance to talk to that encourages me or that comes out and leads Bible study or that is here on Bible study or that might call other people during the week, thank you for your service. That's what this church does. That's how this church grows. That's how we as a church show Jesus to others. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer here in just a moment, and then we are going to pass. I don't have the kids, so maybe, um, John, can you help me with the, with the offering bag? Ono, can you help over here? Um, the kids are still doing their lesson. And I want to thank you for, for being here today, but I, and I do want to thank you for your service and let you know that even though we have announced some names to these committees, they're not closed committees. If anyone says, you know what, I really think that I could help out in uh, welcome and hospitality. I want to know more about that. Come and see me, see Glenda, and, and we'll tell you more about that. There are opportunities still to serve in this church. We will find a place for you to serve. If you have, if you have a servant's heart, there are, there are opportunities to serve. Let's go to the Lord. Lord, I want to thank you for the opportunity for us to come together today. I want to thank you for this beautiful facility and a congregation who comes together under the banner of Christ and who loves you and who can come together and serve each other and who can connect with each other during the week and know the needs of each other and know the needs of those in our community Lord, we pray that you allow us to, to continue to find ways in our community where we can reach out and we can be examples and we can show you to other people. Lord, touch our hearts for service. Keep us in your hand and keep us, in, keep us on the right path that you have for this church. Lord, I ask you to bless everyone here today. Be with everyone through the week. And keep our church on the top of everyone's mind so that we can pray for each other. We can pray for your will. We can pray for direction. And we can pray for those in our community who we haven't reached yet. The, the members who don't know their members yet. The leaders who don't know their leaders yet. And that we can reach out and touch them. But you've already been there. You've already been to that door. You've already knocked on that door, Lord. Soften hearts as your church moves into the community, Lord. We thank you and we ask now that you bless the gift and the giver as we take and accept your tithes and our offerings, Lord. I ask that you bless this gift in you. Use it for the growth for your kingdom in Paris, Lord. And you use this to be able to grow your church and to reach out. Lord, bless us as we give. Bless us as we worship. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.